listening to Astro Detectives, where longtime friends Scott and Sarah try to debunk or prove the ancient phenomenon of astrology. I'm Sarah Hartshorn, the astrologer. And I'm Scott Randall, the skeptic. Each episode, I'll give Sarah two birth charts, one belonging to our guest and one that I made up. She'll use astrology to try to match the right chart to our guest. A birth chart is a snapshot of the sky when a person is born. It reveals an incredible amount of information about a person. Enough to match a person to the right chart? We'll see. Welcome everyone to another episode of Astro Detectives. It's a new year. There's new signs to discuss. Sarah, how are we doing in 2024? Stars and everything unrelated to stars. Oh God. <laughs> uh, buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> 20, 2024 is gonna be a wild ride. And uh probably the same, probably just even more wild in 25. Um, yeah, I mean the biggest news is Pluto uh just moved into Aquarius, and that's a big deal in Astro World because Pluto only changes signs every you know, decade or two. So, um, you know, when Pluto changes signs, we start getting a lot more, um, you know, in Aquarius, we're going to be seeing a lot more about AI and um, things pertaining to uh, humanity and groups, like maybe a lot more strikes. We saw some of that when it kind of dipped its toe in Aquarius last year, a lot more uh, things like that. And aliens, you know, my, one of my favorite subjects <laughs> is hot, the right? Have, they've been out there waiting. They've been circling, waiting for Aquarius season so yeah. that they can come visit. There's so much good alien content right now, like on TikTok, one of my favorite TikTok channels, or what do you call it? Uh, profiles is called Teflon. And it's like just these aliens telling dad jokes it's just so funny it's, a, it's just so up my alley <laughs> now i remember there's a song from the 70s that talks about the age of aquarius and i always assumed that that was what pluto being an aquarius would be uh, is that not no. so because it would be too soon to have two of those so close together i don't think that 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 correlates with pluto's uh ingress into aquarius that is a little bit something something else, but I, I'm not going to speak on it because I don't know enough about it. So right. well, I can yeah. sing it to you if you need it. Yeah, I know the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll well, be a bonus track. <laughs> um, let's see. Today, we're not going to get into charts yet. You want to talk about who's helping you? Yeah, I'm really excited about our guest astrologer today, our guest astro detective. Um, he is an astrologer an herbalist, and um, he also is a medical astrologer. He deals with a holistic health. He's a holistic health practitioner, I believe, and he's been studying astrology uh, for at least seven years, so, you know, twice as long, if not more, than I have. So I'm super excited to have him on the show. Please welcome Cameron Allen. Hey, everybody. It's nice to meet y'all here in person, face-to-face, -face, and it's nice to meet everyone through the airwaves. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for coming in, because Sarah can always use some help, and it's fun to meet different astrologers that'll come in and bring different perspectives. 
-hmm. Is there anything that Cameron focuses on differently than Sarah when you guys were working together? Well, actually, um, yeah, I mean, Cameron brings like a wealth of experience uh, with him. And so he he was, you know, helping me out a little bit, pointing some things out to me that was super helpful. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of interested in the fact that you um, are versed in medical astrology. And um, it'll be interesting maybe if our guest has any medical questions. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with that and how that works? Yeah, for sure. I, I I was thinking that too, after we had a conversation before, just like thinking about the questions that I could ask someone having to do with if they've had any specific ailments to their body and that like, you know, if there's a specific organ system or and or locality on the body, then if somebody's having an issue with those, then sometimes in the chart, it just, it just shows it, it shows up really, really loud, right? So let's say somebody has a Gemini rising and then we're like having a conversation and then the, the topic of anxiety or something going on with the lungs or respiratory system keeps coming up. Or if I ask a question around that versus if someone had, let's say, Sagittarius rising, you know, there'd be a whole different thing. So potentially if someone has indicators in their chart speaking to a promise of some type of illness, then that will show up and like could also give like very bright indicators to like, OK, this person has this kind of going on in their chart. So. Yeah, those are some things that, like, thinking about it from the detective perspective, um, yeah. from another perspective. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. No, I was just saying, yeah, whatever the detectives can use, like, uh, looking for any clues. And I assume that you would focus on certain clues that maybe Sarah wouldn't focus on, and you guys have different sort of specialties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's many different, there's so many different things in astrology to use. And so... It's always fun to see like which one is applicable for the present moment more so than this is my tool here or there because my mind is so multifaceted. I have this Gemini moon brain. And so it's like here, here, here or there. But then when I get like the, a, a person in front of me, then it starts to organize way cleaner. So anyway, yeah. All right. Well, this guest on the survey didn't mention any major car accidents, injuries, surgery, hospitalizations. So there may not be anything just flashing. Um, and on the question of struggles and challenges, physical health wasn't one of them. But people always have things going on. You know? Sure. So yeah. For me, yeah, it's my I, lower back. I can't do any. I can't lift anything without later on in the day feeling it. You know. Totally. So. totally. <laughs> yeah. And also, if I'm not mistaken, they they had children. Yes, that's right. They Which did is very like emphasize medical. That's a big medical thing. Like we don't think of it as that kind of because like we're not thinking of it as an injury, but it's like really a big thing, you know, medically speaking as well. So that was prominent. Yeah, and the rest of the survey was kind of middle of the road, like sixes and fours, and but the other one that jumped out is a desire to travel to foreign countries is a ten mm -hmm. out of ten. So, yeah, I yeah. I guess most people say that. We've noticed that most people will be a high on that. Even if they yeah. don't travel, they'll say they want to. Yeah, and I think maybe a better question that we should ask on that form is like, have you traveled to foreign countries? You know, yeah. things like that. That might give us a little more information. But I would say both of these charts uh, could maybe, I could see a desire for travel there. <laughs> um, well, let's get into the charts. Uh, yeah. What, what two, we'd like to start with the two sun signs that we're looking at. And yeah. obviously 
the two personalities of the charts, as you've said, are can be very different people, but what two sun signs are they and what do we know about those sun signs? Sure, yeah. Okay, so today we have a Leo and a Scorpio. And uh, what's interesting is these are two fixed signs, uh, sun signs. And what that means is the fixed sign, it refers to like, the time of uh, the seasons, you know, the middle of the season. And so fixed signs, they tend to be, they're known for being a lot more consistent and dependable, but also very stubborn and relentless. And you can actually see this playing out on a big scale. If you think about generations, um, we have uh, the boomers and the millennials are known to always go at it, and their generations are represented by Pluto and Leo and Pluto and Scorpio. So it's like these two different groups just butting heads and being very stubborn and relentless and getting into it. And so that's kind of the essence of like Leo versus Scorpio. But uh, whereas, you know, Gen Xers and Gen Z, they're like, mutable signs. So they're a little bit more easygoing <laughs> on the whole. Um, so, but Leo's, um, you know, Leo's in, tend to be a lot more energetic and bright and um, enthusiastic and performative. They're, they, they often have leadership qualities about them. Um, they have a real desire for recognition. So that could lead them into like a leadership role or performance, like stage actors, things like that. Um, now this Leo though, their sun is in the 12th house and their Virgo rising. So that is actually going to be someone who is not going to be your average textbook Leo. There's, I feel like it's someone who maybe their light was a little, they, their light's been a little diminished, you know, they were maybe told not to shine bright, you know? And so, uh, they're, they're not going to be as confident maybe as most Leos would be. Um, but they still are going to have that desire for leadership and recognition and maybe, maybe behind the scenes in the comfort of their home, they're a lot more performative. I'm not sure. Um, and then you've got, you know, Scorpio, which is, um, you know, Leo is like summertime when everything's bright and happy and the days are long. And then Scorpio is like Halloween season where everything's dying and decaying and it's macabre. <laughs> and so Scorpios are really associated with that kind of energy and they're a lot more intense and deep. And uh, there can be a real um, introvertedness about them because they're so busy like trying to figure everybody else out and they don't really want anyone to figure themselves out um and they can be kind of polarizing a bit um uh just very intense like kind of like you either love them or hate them and that's kind of how they feel about other people as well and this this scorpio has their son actually in the first house so that really brings out um, you know, even the Scorpio is more of an introverted sign that gives them a lot more assertiveness and a strong personality and a lot more confidence. So it's kind of an interesting mix there. You know, you have a Leo, but their son in the 12th and a Scorpio, but their son in the, the first. So, um, kind of two different energies there, but, um, yeah, so th those are kind of what were two different people that we're kind of dealing with. And then I, I have a few differences. Um, 
specific differences about like their life that we might be looking for. Um, so our Leo is someone that I, you know, think their parents are probably going to have been absent or um, passed away, or there's just a real disconnection from their parents where the Scorpio's parents are going to be a lot more strong and influential and maybe controlled every aspect of their life uh, growing up. So both kind of uh, dramatic situations, but like uh, opposite ends of the spectrum, I guess. Um, you know, in the Leo's uh, life, you know, because they had that loss, there's a lot of instability and change in their upbringing. They don't have... Um, yeah, there's just like a lack of stability showing in their chart. Whereas, you know, the Scorpio, there's a lot of intensity and just everything being very monitored and controlled um, and involved, parents being very involved. Um, and then with our career, uh, that's kind of where we noticed a difference too. You know, um, the Leo seems like someone who career is going to be really a, like an unfamiliar domain for them. And they may have like a deep wound around that. Um, they're not going to be maybe as visible. They may have had like a lot of jobs and a need to prove themselves out in the world. Whereas a Scorpio, someone I think maybe the career came kind of naturally to them and they may have gained a lot of success and power and recognition and be very visible. And funny enough, this Scorpio chart is one day and five minutes before Katy Perry was born. It's almost identical to Katy Perry's chart. <laughs> so, Scott, did you get P Katy Perry on the show? <laughs> and, and apparently she lied about her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> she, she wanted to be really tricky. Um, yeah. And um, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and if, if Cameron, if you had anything to add to that or correct me on, feel free to do so. Uh, I, I think that I think that was good. Um, I have a lot of different thoughts, but it's like questions for the person kind of already like formulating in my head and just like listening to you speak and just like thinking back to the conversation we had. And yeah, I, I'm on board with everything you said for the most part. Um, I'm just excited now. Like I'm just like kind of <laughs> feeling giddy and ready to go. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> do you, Cameron, do you feel like you can look at charts and get kind of a sense of who that person is? Like, do you have a, like two different people kind of in mind when you're looking at these two charts? Yeah. Or are you like, or are you yeah. just like you were saying, excited to ask questions and fill in all these gaps, but how crystal, how crystallized, I guess, do, does a personality seem when you're just looking at the charts to start with? Um, it feels pretty crystallized, uh, especially because like, since I work with medical astrology, like the first thing that we assess is called constitution, right? The, the build of a person. So like kind of even like the the fit like what my teachers would call it physiognomy, the way that someone looks, the way they're shaped, the way they talk, their posture, you know, their tics, you know, so all these things, the way their eyes are shaped, the way their hand, like the, the size of their hands, their, you know, all these things are like giving us more information. So I, I feel, I mean, I haven't seen the person yet, but also I already think I know what the chart is. But I mean, I just know that it's an assumption and I have to like wait it out and like feel into it. So yeah, I think I do know. Is that already. is that based on the survey? Because you know a little bit about the person ahead of time, so you're kind of matching the charts to the survey. Because I know Sarah sometimes has a hunch too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we both feel. If you want 
us to reveal. No, what no, we, no. I, no? I want to save it. Okay, I be okay. Surprised. Uh, I, I want to stay in suspense. Plus, we don't want the audience to be tipped off too early. So we're going to okay. do an interview with with them and let them kind of decide who, who they think or this person is, whether they're the Leo or the Scorpio. Um, do we? We don't have names for these charts, but these charts are available. Yes. Sarah, on the yes. Website. Sorry, I, I sh- sh- should have known to jump in with that. So yes. Uh, we want everyone to know if you want to play along at home, please go to astrodetectivespod.com and you can get a look at the survey. You can get a look at both charts and play along. So now would be a great time for everybody to pause if they haven't and they could go and check out the charts so that they have all the same information that our astrologers have on the show. And you can see if you see a crystallized picture of who this who this person is before they arrive and then fill in the gaps with our interview, which will be right after this commercial break. See you in a bit. Hey, Astro Detective listeners, this is your resident astrologer, Sarah Hartshorn, and I wanted to let you know about my coaching practice called My Cosmic Coach, where I offer natal astrology readings, human design readings, and a whole lot more. And right now for fans of the Astro Detectives podcast, I'm offering $25 off my signature one-on-one coaching session. This is a holistic approach I developed that will guide you through any kind of decision you're trying to make or challenge you're navigating, where we're going to consult both your human design and astrology charts and even pull a few cards too. And you'll walk away with really clear, really practical and actionable advice that is aligned and specific just to you. So head on over to mycosmiccoach.com and use promo code ASTRODETECTIVES at checkout when you book a one-on-one coaching session with me. That's mycosmiccoach.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with uh, Sarah, the astrologer. We got Cameron, our guest astrologer this week, and they are going to be working together to try and find out which birth chart belongs to our guest who joins us now. Renee, welcome to Astro Detectives. Hi, (laughs) glad to be here. Have you listened to the show at all? I'm curious. I, I'm going to start start there. I did. I listened to the last episode. Oh, boy. That in was, pre- yeah. <laughs> in preparation. Yes. I wanted to listen to at least one, so that way I could get the, the general vibe of how the layout was. Okay, and good. And you still decided... I enjoyed it. Okay, good. Oh, thank you. You still decided to come on, so that's a good sign. Yes, it is a very good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you might know where we start every interview is um, right there with career and work history. If you can just kind of tell us about what you do or what you've been good at with your career and work. Uh, Currently, I work in early intervention with kids who have autism and early intervention as in the youngest client I have is two and the oldest is five. So like itty bitties. Um, it's very rewarding. I enjoy it. It there's never a dull day. <laughs> um, I pretty I, I love the fact that I get to see these kids grow and evolve, and their inner self just come out, and because I know it's there, and I just want them to feel empowered to feel like they can do anything. 
So that's what I do. <laughs> that's great. Was that what you've always done or was there anything um, like a, any thread that ties a lot of your jobs together that you've had over your life? Um, I've always worked with kids. Uh, I worked at a residential facility for um, kiddos who were on a spectrum, much older kids, like high school age. Um, and before that, I worked as a, I worked in a hands-on uh, science-themed museum for kids. And like, there's just this whole running theme of working with kids. <laughs> Kids oh, yeah. can be fun. I mean, there's whole TV shows about them saying the darndest things. I bet you have some good material well, I from them. I will tell you, the thing about working with kids is that they're just so pure and you can't help but just be yourself because they really don't care one way or another. They really don't. They just want somebody to come and sit with them and play and be creative. And that's what I love about it. Well, I have a question about that because you sound like you seem very fulfilled by your job. However, on the intake form, you had said that like areas of struggle and challenge in life revolved around work and career, among other things. So do you know, what did you mean by that? As in wondering if there's something, I always wonder if there's something else or something bigger or something more impactful that I should be doing. Um, sometimes you can do like have a career and it just comes so naturally to you. It feels like it feels effortless. And so you don't really feel like you're working like as in the sweat of your brow. And sometimes it feels like I'm not really making much of a difference because at the end of the day, even though I am like doing something where I'm taking large amounts of data and things like that, it feels to me like I just get to play all day with these kids. And I'm like, am I really doing anything? Like, am I really like, is this it? Because it feels so easy, you know? I don't know if that really makes sense, but. Oh, I think, you know, any kind of teacher makes a difference like that. My mom was a school teacher first through third grade and years and years later, kids would come up and just be so thankful for the impression or the impact that she had on their lives. And so I'm just thinking about, you know, every class that you work with, all those kids are going to go on and live separate lives. So, I mean, talk about an impact. You're just, it, you're mul <laughs> multiplying, you know, because it's through all of these other people. For I my two bits, that's that. what I'm giving you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else, else about work or career astrologers? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. I'm curious if, <clears throat> was there something that happened in your childhood that like inspired you to be able like to work with children in general? Um, I will say that I was often, I always went for the underdog when I was a kid. Like I would always find the one that seemed kind of left out and I would want to be friends with them because I just didn't want anybody to feel like they were alone or just didn't have anybody in their corner. And so I kind of <laughs> had this makeshift group of friends that it just didn't seem like it made any logical sense if you looked on it from the outside, but on the inside, you know. 
we were all, it just felt like we were all just alike. And so I think that may have something to do with how that evolved into my career where I just, I don't want anybody to feel like they're different or there's something odd about them. Like, no, you're just like everybody else. And I'm going to show you. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing. And that kind of leads into our, our next topic. Um, your, how your friends would describe you, um, either back then or today. How, how would your friends, if they were asked to describe Renee, what do you think would be some of the words they would use? Um, most recently, what I've had is trustworthy, um, funny, always laughing, <laughs> always singing, in which... I had one stint where I was a server, a waitress for several years. And the one thing across the board that everybody said, oh, Renee, she was literally always singing and dancing. Like, because it, it just felt like it livened the mood because the job was terrible, but you just needed something to kind of keep morale up and everybody would join in and it was always fun. And it made the shift go by fast. And that's exactly the goal of it was come on guys, just get our head out of this pit that we're in. We can have some fun back here. And that's exactly what we did. And I'll, I'll take that. Always singing and dancing. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Do you thrive in work environments that are kind of like chaotic and fast paced? I do. It's really hard for me to be in an environment where, because I have been where it's slow and I felt like, my brain just couldn't string together two thoughts, but work, especially working as a server, especially doing what I do now where every it's different from one minute to the next, your brain has to constantly be on and going and turning and going. And I love it because it allows me to think more clearly and be more decisive. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I feel like not all teachers would would feel that way. Like some teachers are the ones who wheel the TV into the room and say, it's another movie day, but you are not that kind of teacher, it sounds like. No, there and there are several, um, like at the clinic I work at, where uh, sometimes it's normal to, say, put on a, uh, a preferred cartoon or something like that for one of their kids, but especially during lunchtime, but... Like, no, we're going to sit here. We don't, we don't need all that. <laughs> you can talk to me or I could talk to you or we could just sit in silence, but no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, on the subject of emotions and kind of how you handle difficult emotions, um, whether it's anger or frustration or sadness, do you, do you have a way of either expressing or not expressing that or bottling it up or releasing it? Um, the really big feelings that I have, I tend to, to bottle it up, but that's how I make sense of it. And so I've never been the type to feel like I want to burden anybody else with how I feel. It's, it's I feel like I'm more than capable of processing it by myself. I tend to be an isolationist in that sense of, you know, where people are like you should really talk more and I'm like there's really no sense in talking about it because I mean I really at that point it becomes venting and I don't want to vent I just want to solve my problem and I feel like I can solve it and that's what I do 
and then I'm fine. And then I can move on. What is the, the I'm curious. Cause I mean, I can feel the, the urge to do that sometimes and you know, whether talking it out helps or sometimes you just got to mull it over yourself. Can you talk about that process? Like what are you doing when you're working on it or how are you analyzing uh, it kind of? How it works for me is I have my initial problem and then I will go over every possible scenario of what I could have done. And then finally I just come to acceptance. Like it is what it is. And then I just let it go. Like it's honestly, it happens just like that. And I may, I may be upset. I may be angry. I may be sad, whatever, you know, those are all emotions and they're valid. It's okay to have them, but I try not to sit in it and then I just, I just let it go. I listen to music or I'll zone out on something that I just really love and just let it go. So you're really good at letting things go. You're not someone that like holds on to like emotions or grudges and things. Holding on to emotions like sadness. Now I can... As far as a grudge goes, I feel like I can hold a grudge because it takes a lot to get me to the point to where I don't like you. But when I don't like you, it's for a very valid reason. And I will hold on to that until I take my last breath. And I know that sounds like a petty thing to say. And it probably is. But that's just, I'm like, there's just something about, you know, knowing your boundary with with certain people. And it's like, I'm not saying you're a terrible person, but you're a terrible person for me. And so I'm not going to forget what happened here. And I'm going to use that in my memory bank to make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay. That fair enough. And, but you, I guess, but you don't seem like someone who maybe holds on to, um, cause you said you like, you feel something, you let it go. Uh, so just in general with like, you're not someone that tends to ruminate too long or do you? No, okay. no, absolutely not. I won't, I won't give it more, more airtime in my head than it really needs. And I'm over the years, as I've gotten older, I'm, I'm pretty good at knowing what to keep and what to toss. Yeah, I guess we didn't cover what what's the length of time on that working it out process because it could take five minutes or it could take five years for some people. Honestly, like it, it literally that it could take five minutes. It could it just it really does, it just depends on how large of a grievance it is, like what happened. Because you have to get your foundational information, like who, what, where, when, why, and then how did this affect me? And it's depending on figuring all of that out, it's like, I'm going to categorize you here. And this is where it stays. And it happens fast. For me, it happens fast. Most of the time. All right. Well, we're going to go back in time now to your upbringing, childhood. Kind of, can you just describe that a little bit? Um, what it was like growing up? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I grew up pretty big family. Um, well, a really big family. Um, I had pretty unconventional upbringing as far as my mom, she was, I was raised by two moms. And so 
growing up in a small town, that's just not something that everybody saw every day. And so I struggled with that in my childhood. As I got older, I learned to just let it go because it is what it is and it was what it was and I can't do anything to change it. And so, um, but I had a pretty big family. Um, grandmother was the matriarch. It is pretty, I feel like by all, for all intents, it was pretty standard as far as how kids grow up. You have, I had my uncle who lived across the street from my grandmother. My grandmother lived down the street from me and I had the neighborhood kids that I played with. So there were certain facets of my life that felt quote unquote normal. Um, and I feel like that foundation has carried me through to adulthood, even though, even though now everybody's not as close as I would like for them to be. I feel like it was really good for me to have that foundation because it affected how it affected how I think and process things as somebody who has their own family. And, um, oh, sorry, Sarah, you're about to ask something. Well, um, I was curious, you said you grew up in a big family. Um, how big are, like, how many siblings did you have? Uh, I only have one sibling. Um, oh. But I had, my grandmother had seven. And so we have lots of cousins, oh, okay. like a lot of cousins. <laughs> yeah, so it, everybody every year always got together, even throughout the year, for whatever reason, when my grandmother um, was alive, we got together as a family. And so, no, it was, it didn't hardly feel like I had one sister because there was so many cousins around our same age that we all grew up together. We all felt like siblings. And what is your sister like? Is she similar to you? Are you guys opposites? How's that dynamic? Um... <laughs> It's so funny because we are the cliche fight like cats and dogs when we we're younger, but now that we're older, we're as thick as thieves. <laughs> and right. it's, it's, I think we needed that separation as we grew up and cause she lives maybe like an hour away from me. And so that draws us closer because now like we have all of these life experiences and then she'll call me like, girl, guess what happened? And I'm like, tell me. And it's like, it's that kind of relationship nice. because we miss each other so much. And, and what is she like? Uh, if you were describing her. Very, she's very funny and she's funny because she's blunt and you don't know if she's being serious or not, which makes it all the more funny. And we just kind of feed off of each other when we're around each other. She'll say something and then I'll add on to it. And that's just, that's how our banter goes. And we've always been that way. We've always been that way ever since we were little, especially with our cousins too. And does that go for like, were your parents like that too? You mentioned two moms. Were they like funny, outgoing or did they, um, what was that relationship like? Looking back on that relationship as an adult, I feel like they were complete opposites. I think they had some things in common, but for the most part, they were really opposite. Um, 
the lady who is not my mother, but she's like a mother because she literally helped raise us. Um, looking back on it now, I know that she did battle with depression and that really affected how I operate my home today because it just, it stuck out so much in my head. Like I, the curtains were drawn a lot of the times and it was just very dark atmosphere in the house. And so I always wanted to be outside because I just didn't like how it felt in the house. And so even now I'm like, I like for my curtains to be open. I like for the shades to be up and I need lots of light to come in because I don't ever want to be in an environment that feels heavy like that. And I don't want my kids to be in an environment that feels heavy like that. And I guess when you were looking for a partner moving on to marriage, um, can you describe what, can you describe, I guess your, well, you said you were, you were divorced, but what, what was your marriage partner like and how did that dynamic work out? Like, were you seeking, like you said, I didn't like this aspect from my parents, you know, the dark, did, did you seek that out in, in your partner? That, that yes, they would be- I did. Um, very much so. Whenever, like during the time that I met him, um, I was wanting something that was normal, so to speak. Like I wanted normal across the board on the paper. I wanted a plain last name. I wanted the the stereotypical husband, wife. You have a couple kids. You got a dog. You got and. That's what I wanted. I wanted to blend in as much as I wanted that American, all American family. And that's, that's what I got out of that. Um, And it was interesting, (laughs) honestly, because through it all, he's like, we're still good friends. We're still good friends. We just are not the type that it, it was not sustainable for the long term. Yeah. And what what was he like? Uh, what was he into type of person, you know? Um, I liked him because he he was, he was smart. He was, I remember, uh, one of the nights, like this is maybe like the second night that we met. Um, cause I met him at his job cause I had just gotten off work and then we just so happened to look at each other and it was just, it just felt like, whoa, you know? And then I had gone back and funny story, I went back that next day and he wasn't there, but it turns out he was at my job looking for me because I was still in my uniform and we just missed each other because we were trying to find each other at each other's jobs. But oh, that's the romantic story connected. we needed. Yeah. <laughs> and then we talked and um, he's so smart. And what she is, he's brilliant. Um, he is an electrical engineer. I love how his mind works and just listen to him talk about all of his ideas and the things that the, the plans that he had and what he wanted to do. Um, and I like, I love the fact that we could have long conversations about anything and it felt effortless. Um, he lived not too far from me and, but he had really poor reception when he finally got up to his house. And so when he got off work, he would sit in the parking lot at this gas station that was right down the road. And he would just talk to me for however long. 
And then until I was done talking and, and then he'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to go home now. And then he would drive him back to his house. <laughs> and that's pretty much how our, even to this day, like we just, we share ideas so very easily um, because our minds are like, I love how our minds work together. And this, well, oh, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, um, you said that you'd have like lots of really long, effortless conversations. What were the types of things that you would talk about? Gosh, just anything, anything from something we found interesting, like maybe like some kind of news article and then it'd go and it, it, it would literally just turn like from one topic to the next, to the next, to the next, and it would just feed off of. The next talk, like it, that's how it was. It just took on a life of its own. And before you know it, you're like, oh, wow, it's three o'clock in the morning. We should probably go to sleep. (laughs) That's exactly how it is. Now, those conversations would probably be over the phone or together and not. And you said you would meet at a parking lot. Did I hear that correctly? Well, when when we first started dating, he would get off work and he would sit in the parking lot and talk to me on the phone. Cause this is before like texting and all of that. Like oh, you yeah. could text, but you, you, nobody was texting. You, you called them. And so, um, and when we finally moved in together, we didn't have internet. We didn't have cable. We didn't have anything. We just had this little clock radio. And so what we would do is we would just turn on the radio, turn the volume kind of low and just let it play. And we would just lay in the bed and talk and just, that's what we did. I was imagining you guys pulled up next to each other in the parking lot, talking through the window to each other. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, this makes more home. sense. Yeah. <laughs> and he apparently he was a safe driver because he didn't want to drive while talking to you on the phone. He just stayed in his work parking lot the whole time. Yeah, he did. Well, he stayed in the there was this gas station right down the hill from his house. But whenever he would go to his house, he would lose reception talking to me. So he just sat in the parking lot down the hill and would just talk to me on the phone until either he got tired or I got tired. And then he'd just drive on home. <laughs> Those cell phone dead zones. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and as far as children go, can you talk a little bit about them? Yeah. Uh, so I have five. I have four boys and one little lump of sugar at the very end. Um, my two older boys, they are from a previous relationship. Um, and they are, they'll be 19 and 20 this year. And then the three, affectionately, we call them the littles, even though they're not little. They're 12, 11, and 10. And they are with my ex-husband. And uh, what and yeah, are they? Oh, go ahead. No, no, you can ask your question. uh, I was going to say, kind of um, personalities. You don't have to go into detail on each one, but you know, like what kinds of kids are they, or what are some things that some of them are into, or anything that that jumps out at you that you're especially Mm. entertained by that they're into. Uh, Well, it's it's so funny because my older two boys are very artistic. My oldest son, music is is his thing. And my second son, animation is his thing. Like he, he's currently working on making two comic books and he's so fantastic because he, I love watching him because he's so dedicated to 
perfecting his craft like he will sit there for hours and just draw and shade and erase and re- like and it's just it's mesmerizing to watch him do it um and then my third son he's he's so active he's he is like he he is he is through and through an Aries he is my Aries baby and he was even red when he was born like he was <laughs> Just like literally his skin was, was red. And I'm like, oh, wow. He looks like a little, a little bean. <laughs> like he's just so fiery. And still to this day, like he, he has surpassed all those. He is so active. If you don't keep him busy, then he will literally destroy everything around him. And so I try to keep him busy, but he's charismatic. He's very charming. He is the leader of his little friend group and he he's funny and just active he loves sports that's his thing um and then my fourth son he is my brainy baby he he doesn't mind to be in solitude he's he's he was that baby that was either playing with the other group of kids or just off by himself playing with a stick and he was just fine playing with a stick by himself. And I'm like, well, if you like it, I love it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then there's my daughter. She is vivacious, these bubbly, and she's she's like a, a tomboy, but she's a girly girl, too. One year, she wanted to be Iron Man for Halloween, and <laughs> but she wanted me to make her a tutu to go with it as well. And so she had an Iron Man costume with a tutu that I made her. <laughs> But that's her in a nutshell. She loves to dance and gymnastics. That's her thing. I think we can yeah. trademark Iron Woman right now, right? That hasn't been done. It hasn't been done. Yeah, she could. She could be a trailblazer in that. I mean, probably so. Well, uh, Sarah, any questions on any of these rambunctious kids that are all in their own people? It sounds like. <laughs> And no, no mentioning any other astrology signs. I was like laughing when you were mentioning your son. Oh it's, my gosh. No, it's, yeah. it's totally, it's totally fine. Luckily that has nothing to do with any of the charts that we have. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like it was worth mentioning with him because if, if you've ever met an Aries, like that would be one you're like, Oh wow. You. <laughs> He's like, you look like the you stereotypical. <laughs> that would be the one. His picture would be next to the chart description. <laughs> Very much okay. So. Oh well. Well, Sarah would love to see his chart. Yeah. <laughs> um. Question: Are you? It sounded like maybe you were saying that you are. Are you currently in a relationship? I am not. No. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, sorry, I was trying to. When you were talking about your kids, I thought maybe you were saying that. So, have you? You said a previous marriage. So, have you been married twice? I've only been married once. I oh, was okay. in. Yeah. The father of my older two boys, we were together. We were together for several years. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, but that, to me, that, okay. To me, that's the same as a marriage. Like someone that you were long-term. Okay. I oh, yeah. As far okay. as getting the government involved in our okay. union, I've only done it once. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and can you, can you describe this other person and just what you drew you to him? Um, I met him when I was 18 and immediately what drew me to him was he was very creative. He was in a band. He played guitar and 
when you're 18, those are the kinds of things that you, <laughs> those are important factors when you're dating somebody. Um, I loved the fact that we could sit and talk. We talked for hours and I would, I love listening to him talk about music. He, he literally knows a little bit of everything about music. And I just was sitting and listening to him and my eyes were about a mile wide. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And he's, and because of him, like foundationally, he changed a lot of what I like about music and what I listen to. Um, and my time with him is maybe more adventurous and branching out and listening to other genres. Um, but he's also, he's so funny. Like, and to this day, he's one of the funniest people that I know. And I love talking to him because we can make each other laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I loved about him. He's hilarious and he's so talented and he's, we just have really good conversations and we, we, I love the fact that he's a very solid person. Like he's very genuine. He's the same with a stranger as he is with somebody he's known 10 years. And I love that continuity in his personality. And what did he end up doing for a living? Um, he, he does a little bit of everything. He doesn't have a solid career. He just kind of does what he needs to do to make the money to pay the bills. And he never really gave any, thought to something like that wow. and that's very fitting for his personality i was like that's guitar players in this day and age you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um let's see well i'm noticing a, a nice little uh commonality between you know exes that you stay in touch with and have good relationships with that's always nice to see any any tips for making that work yeah honestly if you just be chill. Like if you, cause I mean, on, I will tell you in the beginning, it was not that way at all. It took for me, I was already there. I just wanted to be done with the relationship, but I still liked who they were as a person. Um, and especially with the father of my older two boys, it was hard. Like he, the, the separation for him was, was very difficult and he borderline made my life a nightmare with it. But after a while, as the kids got older, he evened out and that foundational friendship that we had could really come through and we could be okay with that. But it took him a minute. Um, I'm very much a person of, I don't, it, it's not a lot for me to get over something. If you can just give me, a minute and give me some space. And so, but I want, I get along with everybody. I want to get along with everybody. You, it, it would take you doing something terrible for me to not want anything to do with you. Like All you right. just have to be a despicable human being for me to not want to do anything. <laughs> with you. And there are folks out there like that. I'm sure that are on your there list. Are plenty of people out there <laughs> and which you know I try to stay away from those kinds of people so I just stay in my own little world yeah and I love on the people that gravitate toward me well moving along to money and debt what how do you what's your relationship with money like like is it easy come easy go do you save it do you love spending it how does that work when you think of the subject of money money um 
money has been an ebb and flow. Like there are seasons where the tide comes in and there are seasons where the tide goes out. And I try so hard to prepare for the tide going out, but it is what it is. And, (laughs) but I always seem to get exactly what I need when I need it, which it, it really plays into having a little bit of faith in which I've had to cultivate a lot of faith in order to just, especially as our economic climate has changed just to have faith and to know do what you can do and then let go of everything else because you can't control how everything is going to play out because it's just not in your hands like it's out of your control control what you can and then let the rest go and that's that's my relationship with money is it comes and it goes but at some in some capacity it's always going to be there I've never completely lacked Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, was, I don't say that to be boastful or anything, but it's just like I always got what I need. I either know somebody or I can get it myself, but I'm always going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> I can resonate with that lack of control that you're talking about. I was just listening to a podcast that was talking about how um, we think we have so much control of our lives, whether it's money or not, but there's a lot more chaos or just uncontrollable things that will affect our lives that we don't have as much control over as we like to think. And in some ways that can be anxiety reducing because it's not on you all the time. I mean, it can Mm -hmm. also cause anxiety because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen and I can't stop it. But, um, you know, whether it's faith in somebody else having control or whether it's just, Hey, we're on a spinning spinning rock in space and chaos is going to happen. You know, a lot of it is out of your hands. And it sounds like, does that resonate for you outside of just money? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> it's, it's you have to learn to, to float in the chaos. You have to find your center and you have to just let everything else go. If you can find your center and you find that one thing that, that, that can hold you steady, you can let everything else go because it just trust in the fact that everything is going to be exactly what it's going to be. Whether you force your hand to mold it and then it falls apart and then it turns into this thing, or you just take your hand off the wheel and just let the universe show you exactly what it has in store because it's going to play out. You have to make your choices, of course, because you are, you're running this show But at some point, you have to know how to give and take and just to hold your center and let it go. Like, make your choice, hold your center, let it go and let it ride. And it's going to be whatever it's going to be. And just learn to find happiness within that. All right. I love I love doing this show because we get nuggets of wisdom throughout from a variety of people and we're <laughs> going to use that hard learned lesson in this life. That has been a hard earned lesson I'm giving to you for free. Well, we're going to turn that into an Instagram post and that's going to be up to advertise this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if it, I ever get around to video editing for this show, we'll see. <laughs> Renee, can I ask, have you ever been someone that has um, struggled with debt or have you ever been someone who's been kind of impulsive to get into debt or be risky around those kind of things? Um, getting into debt. Yes. 
um, in which I was really fortunate. Let, let's, how can I put it this way? Fortunate debt, because that sounds like an oxymoron. Um, back when I first got divorced and starting out on your own, like, especially if you've never been in a position where you have to be dependent on yourself, I'm still trying to figure out how finances work and getting a job and making enough money to cover all these bills. And so what am I going to do? And so fortunately I was like, Oh, well I can get a credit card and I can do this. And what my checks were short, I would just put it on a credit card in which I was lucky that I was even able to get them because I didn't think that I could. And in that I learned how to manage my money and to keep my credit cards at a certain percentage and blah, blah, blah. And I just learned to be very strict and rigid with money and to make sure everything got paid on time and every, like, that's my thing that I've, I've also had a hard learned lesson on my own is that I'm, I can be really great at managing money because I'm very attentive to how it's getting spent where it's getting spent and what all is coming in and how that affects everything else. And so and I've gotten into debt, but it's good debt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And have you ever received like an inheritance or a large sum of money from like insurance or anything like that? Um, I can't remember the exact time, but it was when I was married and it wasn't me though. It was my husband because his mother passed away and it was what was left out of her insurance policy after every, all of her debts were, were paid off and everything else. And there was like this small little chunk of money. It wasn't really a whole lot, but it was substantial enough that it would be helpful but that was like the largest chunk that didn't come from like working myself or him working okay and on the subject of health and self-care um any topics come to mind of just you know if you were having any health what areas those are falling into or kind of what your self-care routine is like uh, well, I have recently health for me is something I'm always conscious of. Um, I try my best and again, it's like money. There's an ebb and a flow. Sometimes I'll go through a season where I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride the vibe and I'm okay with where I'm at. And then I'll have a season of, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Renee, you've got to get it together because this is no bueno and you're better than this. And right now I'm in a season of, oh my gosh, Renee, you got to get together. This is no bueno. You are better than this. And so, and so, um, it's always been on the forefront of mine trying to be healthy. Um, at least making conscious good conscious choices. And that's what, that's where I've always been. I've not been a crazy health nut, but I've also like, I just, I, I'm all about that fine line, that balance. Cause I don't, I don't want to be obsessive to the point that I'm unhappy. Um, but yeah, I try to find the balance and ride the line. 
take care of myself. I, I used to be a smoker and I quit because I just, I didn't want to do anything further to accelerate the deterioration of my body because it's going to age. It's going to decay like everybody else does, but I don't need to accelerate that. I want to live happy and I want to be free. I don't want to feel like I'm chained to anything. So I did do that and I'm proud of myself because that was hard. That was really hard. I've just started doing, you know, they have dry January and I've been, uh, reassessing the relationship of alcohol in my life. It's never been an issue, but it's like, we are all literally drinking poison. I mean, I hope we don't lose any alcohol sponsors, <laughs> possible <laughs> sponsors in the future, but it is interesting. You know, it has its benefits, but like you said, with smoking, you are harming your body. Like it is deteriorating your body. And I don't know, it, it, when you think about it in those terms, it changes my relationship to it. It's still fun. I haven't given it up, but I'm like, eh, it's not, Everything in moderation. It's like we Mm -hmm. we just have this one little body that's supposed to get us through this lifetime. And so we should probably treat it well because it does a lot for us. It can even heal itself if we just give it the things that it needs. So Um, just be kind to yourself. Renee, have you ever had, can you speak to like if you've had any health issues, even if they're just minor like allergies and things like that? Um... Any major health issues? Mm, I can't say that I have. I did. I did break a bone once, but I didn't realize I had broken it until like several years later. And then my ankle was hurting. And then she's like, oh, I see you have an old fracture here. I'm like, oh, that's what happened. Oh, well, that explains it. And yeah, but other than that. No, I feel fortunate in that because I I don't hardly ever really get sick. And when I do, I I tend to get over it pretty fast. Um, No allergies or anything like that. I always thought that was kind of peculiar. I thought I was the odd man out. I'm like, aren't I supposed to have allergies too? Why is everybody? So I don't know. That's amazing. And what about as far as like temperature wise? Do you feel like you get hot easily? Do you feel like you get cold hands and feet ever? Oh, cold definitely cold. cold cold I cannot stand being cold at all but I've I'm I keep my my apartment like a terrarium like I'm you probably would think I'm a lizard if you walked in here you're like it's so hot <laughs> like yeah I know I like to be warm mm-hmm. then there's sunbathing right on the rock yeah yeah <laughs> I would rather sweat than freeze honestly like cold will anger me well we're, we're glad you have the heat on today because you're in a good mood we don't we don't Ugh. want you to like turn it down <laughs> um anything else on health you guys were wanting to know we got some no, I, think I, I, I think i got where i was questioning all right it. then let's see our final category um, how would you describe the last 12 months? Oh gosh, the last 12 months. That would include the entirety of 2023, which was, it wasn't a terrible year, but it wasn't a great year. 
it was last year was just funky for me and I can't even pinpoint why like but I will tell you this so last year I was really questioning a lot of things especially with um my career because again I felt I was like one minute maybe there's something else that I could be doing like there because I just I felt like I some I wanted to change something but I it wasn't that I was terribly unhappy with where I'm at right now as far as work I just didn't want to be there anymore so I'm looking for other jobs and looking for other jobs and I'm like man of all these people that are saying they're hiring nobody is is returning a phone call or anything and fast forward to now I'm so grateful that none of that worked out which goes back to what I was saying that you just have to let it go because the universe will like how everything is supposed to play out is supposed to play out and which the universe I feel like looking back because in hindsight is is the only way to get clarity on anything really and I feel like the universe was telling me like look you just need to hold your horses it's gonna get better just chill out. We're not going to let you do this. And so it was like block, 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 block. Every time I try to do something, it was a, it was a block. And I'm like, man, it's something wrong with me. And so I decided to just sit still and find my center and just ride it out because it's going to be what it's going to be. And I feel happy. Like I'm just happy. <laughs> well, that's great. And you were, you were Can saying no, no bueno earlier, but I'm glad that that sounds pretty bueno. Yeah. Before before you started feeling good about everything, do you feel like you were being like kind of overworked or like underappreciated at your job, and that was like creating some type of issue? Yes, I felt mm-hmm. very unappreciated. Um, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would have an idea for a way to streamline how the clinic should be operating as far as uh for example um how we organize the the reinforcers for all of our kiddos that which is are literally the things that they work for um because you don't want to satiate anybody on anything because you want them to be eager to pick something to work for and Mm -hmm. to to get through our programs and we have a really good day but everything is so easily accessible. And I'm like, well, how about we just put things over here and then we have a checkout system. So that way they can, ch- they can pick and choose what they would like, but then they can only have it for so long. And then we have to put it back. And then we have our other stuff. That's, and I had this whole thing. And then I felt so slighted because instead of the clinic manager choosing me to implement that idea, she chose somebody else. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> No, like I was like, there. whoa, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I immediately mm-hmm. went on Indeed and started looking. I was like, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> <I> totally, <laughs> yeah. But then, like, and I, but I feel much better now. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was very, it was a very hasty choice. Because I, I, I felt valid in how I felt at that time, looking back on it still, because I'm like, that was, like, you really should have had me do it if I'm coming to you with ideas. Like, don't pick other people. Like, I'm not good enough to execute an idea that I thought of. Like, come on, lady. Yeah. But yeah. I feel better now because I've, I've aired out how I felt and I've had that 
conversation and I feel better now. Yeah. And before your birthday this year, like, so like, I guess from your birthday, 2022 to 2023, were there any like significant relationships that came up in your life that maybe like didn't work out? Um, yeah. Can you repeat the date? I just from yeah, like twenty, like your birthday, August twenty twenty two. Oh, well, you don't know which is any of them, but between whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say whatever age you are now, like from whenever your last birthday birthday. is to the to the previous birthday. Can you just describe that twelve month period? Um, from where I'm. For my birthday. So, boy, this is dangerous territory. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> let me let me let me slow it down. So, your birthday in 2022. Yes. From your birthday 2022 to your birthday 2023, was there uh, any significant relationships or any issues in relationships specifically that were like highlighted um, for you? 2022 goes to 2023. I can't say there were any significant relationships. Um, I did try dating a little bit. I did encounter this one guy who it was, we literally only went on maybe a couple of dates, mm-hmm. but I don't, there was something about my interaction with him that just upset me. Because yeah, totally. he lied. He lied to me. And I was so disgusted with entertaining yet another person who was a flat out liar that I shaved my head. Like I shaved all the hair off my head because I didn't want anything on my, <laughs> if I could have peeled the skin off of my body, I would. I didn't want anything on my body that this man had touched. And I swore mm. to myself, the next person who touches my hair will be my husband. And it's grown mm. back like it, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> "Whoa, okay, wait, oh, yeah. that oh, is yeah. that's pretty extreme." I wasn't expecting you to say that. Um, have, can you talk a little bit more about? Because I, I can only see a little bit of you, so I'm curious, like what? Um, so now that you said that you've shaved your head at one point, like, have you ever done anything else like that? Um, what types of things do you like to wear and how do you like to show up and appear? Uh, well, I've shaved my head a lot of times. I think I've shaved my head like seven times, maybe. Okay. Like, like, cause to the first time it was scary, but it kind of gets addictive after that because I'm like, oh, well, it's hair. I don't like the way it's growing in. I'm just going to shave it again. I don't like the, I don't like how damaged it looks. I'm just going to shave it and start over. Like it's nothing for me to just start over um, because it's just hair. It grows back. Um, and you, I feel like every woman should shave her head at least once because you don't realize how much you hide behind your hair and how much of your identity your hair forms until you it's not there and you don't have it to hide behind and it's just you and your your effervescent personality presented to the world like you're gonna have to give the world something besides a hair flip wow (laughs) (laughs) but um but uh as far as like my um my style of dress like i I really don't have a certain style. It's kind of like it changes. I like to be comfortable. I'm more often than not, I'm in jeans and a t-shirt and I really love converses. Um, but I do have my moments where I like to 
wear something like I love maxi dresses because I feel like it's very simplistic, but it's also still very beautiful and it makes you look very statuesque. And to do your makeup, I don't really like to overdo it on makeup. Um, I don't really have the face to carry off a heavy makeup look, but something simple with the hair and then you look pretty and get your nails done. <laughs> but I don't hardly ever do that because I work with kids. So oh, okay. I'm always a plain Jane. And how do you view, like, what would you say your biggest flaw is? <clears throat> That you want to, yeah, that you want to work on, or that bothers you or annoys you. And this isn't a job interview, so you can tell your real biggest flaw and not <laughs> yeah. covered, no, I'll, covered I'll, up. With, I'll, I'll tell you my biggest flaw, like because it to me, I mean, what? Because in the job interview, you're like, me. oh, it's that I work too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a perfectionist. Um, no, that's never that's never my answer. My typically on job interviews I'm like my biggest flaw my biggest flaw is that I'm a perfectionist in which that really is my biggest flaw because I'm super hard on myself like I'm 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 hard (laughs) um and which I'm I've over the years worked on having more positive self-talk um but I can get kind of stuck in a rut because I want things to be a certain way and when it doesn't look how I envision it in my head, I'm like, take it down to the stud, start over, take it down to the stud, start over. And then I lose, I just lose time because I get so stuck on, it doesn't look right. It doesn't, it doesn't look how I envision it. And so I just don't want to do it at all. Um, so working on not being a perfectionist, working on that's, that's my biggest okay. fault. Because I can be very, like, sometimes I can be that way with my kids because I just want them to be at their best. And I don't mean to be, I try not to talk to my kids how I talk to myself. I'm so much more kinder to my kids than I talk to myself. (laughs) And it's probably not helpful, but. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. And then I guess this would be my last question. What kinds of thing, what do you like to consume media wise as far as movies, television, podcasts, books? Like what, what do you like to, how do you indulge in any of that? Um, as far as media, media, I think my go-to form is TikTok because okay. I love quick little blurbs of information. And then if I'm interested in it, then I can go and research a little bit deeper into it. And cause I love to research topics. Um, but I love documentaries, documentaries are my jam. Everybody's all about true crime, but I'm like, no, I love a good documentary. Like I'm especially like, I love the Tudor period. I love world war two. World War II is my, like, I don't want to say it's my jam. Like it was this great moment in history, but it's just, <laughs> It's it's fascinating to me how just the, the the sheer scope of humanity and how easily led people can be and how something so horrendous could have happened, like how it was so easy to just say, it just boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind. And so I just watch it out of pure fascination, like a 
like a train wreck you just can't look away from. And I got to know how, why it happened. Why is the most important part to me? Like why, why and how? So this can never happen. As far as I'm concerned, I don't ever want to be that easily led by anybody. And so. And you mentioned, and you mentioned, oh, sorry. Uh, And you mentioned the Tudor period. That's like royalty and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which I don't even know why that fascinates me, but it does. Um, especially with how life was lived, like the mundane day-to-day living, how people lived during that period. I find it so fascinating. Um, there's this series, uh, that I watch on, uh, Amazon where they, this group of people, they go and they live for a full calendar year during that period, just living the day-to-day life. It's, it's, I watch it on repeat because it's just the coolest thing to me. Um, but I love, I love watching things like that. Um, I love, I love anything that I can learn from, honestly. I don't really like consuming too much like celebrity gossip or anything like that. Like that's not, I can kind of keep up with it. So that way I can have something to talk about with like my sister or somebody like that. But as far as me personally, I like to stick to history and documentaries. <laughs> I know that's boring, but. <laughs> oh, sounds good to me. Honestly, it sounds like you're being mindful of what you're digesting and as far as media. So that's always nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one last question too, as well. I'm curious if you happen to be considering moving this year? I would like to move. It just depends on how things, how things go at work because um, I was told that um, I will be getting a new position, but it's just a matter of when that new position starts. And I'm supposed to talk with the higher ups about what all of that means. And if there's a salary increase and so on and so forth. And so if there is, then yes, I will move. And if not, then I'm going to stay put. So it just depends. Do you like moving? Oh, sorry. Do you like moving? And have you moved a lot in your life? Um, I don't like moving. Um, how I grew up, I grew up in the same house for the first 17 years of my life. When I got with the father of my older two boys, it seemed we were moving every year. That I did not like. I didn't like the instability for the kids. I didn't like it for myself. I didn't understand why we had to move almost every year. Um, And then when I got with my my ex-husband, we had an apartment and then when I became pregnant, we got a bigger apartment. So that was a necessary move. And then I got pregnant again. So we needed to move into a bigger space. And so, but we were in that house for the next decade. So I I like consistency as far as where I live. And um, I'll stay here until I move to something better. Like, I feel like moving for the sake of moving is nonsensical you move to move to something better that's just me you move to a bigger place to hold all the stuff you've accumulated since your last move (laughs) 
that's but I don't have a lot of stuff. I'm I'm not I'm 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 a minimalist at heart. I really don't like a lot of stuff around me. There we go. That's useful information too. We just slipped in there. I love it. I love it. Well, you have told us so much, and this is kind of where the astrologers are going to take a little time out and um, chit-chat and see if they're on the same page. During that time, I'm going to send you out to the waiting room again, where you you can do whatever you want with like five minutes or so. And, yeah, okay. And then um, I'm also going to send you two descriptions um, that the astrologers have made for the two charts they're looking at, because I'll be curious to see if you identify with one or the other. And we'll ask you that when we get back. And the listeners might be intrigued, too. So check your email and I'll send that over to you. But in the meantime, I'm going to send you to the waiting room right now. All right. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Renee. Thank you. Okay, astrologers, here we are. This is one of my favorite parts of the show because we find out if you guys are on the same page or not. I think that we are, but we'll we'll find out. Uh, Before coming into this, it sounded like we were on the same page. I did have a moment, I will say, midway where I started to drift. <laughs> but I, I but I feel like we asked enough follow-up questions to I feel more confident and I've come back <laughs> to my original um welcome back home. Sarah. Yeah, feeling <laughs> which um so I'm leaning towards the Leo. Is that where you're at, Cameron? For sure. Didn't waver a second. Okay. (laughs) Well, I have had the rug pulled out from under me a number of times. And so so I'm I'm trying to get myself to play devil's advocate and not get too Mm -hmm. um, married to a certain chart. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, can could this work with the other with the Scorpio chart? And you know, I would say that there was maybe a couple things that she said that uh, when she was describing the partner, she said, you know, she grew up somewhere that was very dark and she was wanting just something very normal American dream. And in the Scorpio chart, that has a descent, a seventh house in Taurus. And so I was like, mm. oh, this mm. is, you know, like at a Scorpio rising. And I'm like, oh, she, you know, I better like double check myself here. But then we come to find out that was actually her second marriage or, you know, I guess the first person she with, she had children, but they weren't technically married. And the way she described that person actually does fit. You know, she said he was a musician. And so if we look back at the Leo chart that has Pisces on the seventh house, which it would be associated with like a musician type person. Very. Right. Right. There was some other keywords that she used to describe him um and then taurus would fall in the ninth house which represents a lot of times like the second marriage and so okay i'm like okay it's starting to come together again for me so also with the relationship thing that she was talking about i was noticing how like because the ruler of the seventh house is jupiter retrograde in 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 capricorn and that's considered to be in this place of detriment and and so that like are you familiar with derivative houses uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, so like, um, just for people who are listening, uh, derivative houses is essentially when you pick a house and then you make it the chart itself. So yeah. instead of looking at the first house, you look at the seventh house and make it the first house. 
And so when we look at the, that person's um, relationship to career and work, the ruler, the ruling planet of relationship and career and work is in detriment. And so it's like something about like this person's like work and career, they don't really have the zhuzh, like they don't have the effort, like the ability to go out and like effort themselves to like the work that they probably actually, like it really would inspire them, but they don't have like the, the juice to go do it. So yeah. Okay. Good catch. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like a whole, like, a, I mean, that's probably a lot to say for people listening. Um, <laughs> kept up with that, but <laughs> yeah. You know, the, where I started to derail from the Leo chart was when she said she had a pretty normal upbringing and there was, they lived in the same house. Um, except for the fact that she had unconventional parents. And so, um, you know, I was kind of predicting like a lot of instability and chaos. However, um, Uranus, which is the planet that was making me think that also relates to just being unconventional, you know, and so it could could be that. Um, But then later on, when she was married, she said it was very unstable and they did have to move a lot. So, exactly. you know, not every part of our chart is active at all times, you know, so. Correct. Correct. Yeah, but yeah. She, she said the so many. The Uranus conjunct the South Node, it was like something very specific about her early childhood development was something where she like felt like she was kind of like frazzled or like shaken up by. And that was like the first thing that she said. And yeah. so it just like became very clear that like that was like something very like emphasized for her and her experience. And and it sounds like she was like living in a place that wasn't necessarily like a big city or somewhere that was progressive as well. So maybe like going out into the world with that Chiron um, opposite the Uranus, like she was probably like sensitive to like being rejected potentially. And then also she talked about how she would always want to be around people who I guess were kind of like the outsiders. And she yeah. would want to care for them and be with them. And so the ruler of the Ascendant being Mercury, being in a square relationship with that Uranus and a square relationship with that Chiron, it's like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's yeah. like, that checks out. And then she said the thing about that. And then she said the thing about health. And I was literally going to be like, do you have something going on with your calves, your shins or your ankles? And then she was like, yeah, broken bone, specifically the ankle. And we see Saturn ruling the sixth house of illness and injury. And Aquarius rules the part of the body that is the shins, the calves, the ankles. Ah, uh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, you know, she she definitely said a lot of like earthy things, which would speak to the mm-hmm. Virgo rising. She would say, "It is what it is," you know, or you know, it's not sensical, you know, um, mm-hmm. and or you know, she dresses very practically. She says, and um, and then. The, Something that just really struck me is she said when she talked about shaving her head, I was a little taken aback because Leos are known for their hair. Um, And but she was talking about it. Don't hide behind your hair, you know, something that was like and I was like, wow, that's really profound because she's got this Leo son in the 12th house. Um, so I just thought that was like really fascinating, you know. It's an interesting combo yeah. with like the Leo and the Virgo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And there were some other things that 
I noticed too, especially when we got to the end and we were talking about like what has gone on in the last year. I know I kind of stumbled up with the words and was like giving dates and things like that. I kind of, you know, messed oh, up man. there. A bit. My anxiety was going <laughs> up. I was like, we're, <laughs> totally we're going to have to, we're gonna have to bleep this episode and it's not going to count towards the record. Oh no. Another asterisk. Well, she was good. She was careful. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think we're in the, <laughs> I think we're in agreement. Oh man, they cut out a little bit. Oh, did you, sorry, were you saying something? Oh wait, can y'all hear me right now? Oh yes. yeah, yeah, my, my internet cut out for a second, but I was just gonna say that, yeah, I was frozen for a second there, but like she also was giving me confirmation because she was talking about moving this year and I casted the chart for this year. And so it's like projecting forward that she is gonna move, but there's gonna be like a lot of struggle for the year. And then I was talking about like in, in the chart for last year, it was specifically like this, like very like uncomfortable, unsavory experience in relationship. And then I also asked her about the feeling overworked and underpaid because in the solar return chart, the moon was in the sixth house, which represents a place in which someone feels under underworked and overpaid. I mean, over, overworked and underpaid or overworked and underappreciated. And the moon was going away from Jupiter to the sun. And so the Jupiter was ruling the second house and the fifth house. So it was like how much she really values the kids and like how much energy she really puts into them. And then the moon was going to the sun, which had to do with something having to do with work. So it was like her going between like how much she cared about the kids, really having this struggle, feeling underappreciated, and then like something actually positive happening with work at the end of it. So it was like all those things was just like, I mean, I'm saying all this, and if I'm wrong, it's just like... <laughs> that's why. Trust me, Karen. Like Karen, I've been there. I've been there. So, this, you know. Oh this is why... Well, this is why we started doing the debrief episode afterwards, is either way that it goes, and it's about half the time, but we always hope that you're on the right side of it. We get to talk about it one way or the other and you can unpack it and be like, Oh, I should have seen, I should have been looking at Saturn. I should have been looking at Neptune. Dang it. (laughs) It was right here. It was right in front of me. It was so clear. Cameron, is there any way she could be the Scorpio rising chart? No. Um, Even (laughs) like, I feel like even the, like something she said at the end that sounded like it could have been Scorpionic. Oh, 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 sorry. It did cut out again. Uh, Cameron is is moving, and sometimes the internet connection can be a little unstable at the new sorry. place. But we are going to get a chance to fully dissect these two charts okay. and the debrief yeah. either way. And in the meantime, we're going to go to commercial. And when we come back, we'll have Renee back with us to find out if our astrologers are correct, if it's the Leo, or... If the red herring has led them astray and she's actually a Scorpio in hiding. (laughs) We'll see you back right after this. Welcome back, everyone. We are here and Renee is joining us again. The two astrologers got to talk it out on on the direction they're leaning. They're in agreement um, on one of the charts. But Renee, I'm always curious to see if the guest is leaning one way or the other based on a very short little couple sentences or areas that um, Sarah has pointed to that she sees in the two charts. And I've labeled them A and B. Sarah, you might know which one these relate to, the top one and bottom one. But Renee, can you tell us uh, which one 
kind of seemed like it related more to your life? Um, well, it's a, a little bit of a mix of the two. <laughs> in A, I feel like as far as the home life being controlled, that really resonated. Um, Can you explain why? Um, well, because I've not by my mother, but by her partner, she was very rigid. Like everything had to be a certain way and it was her way or the highway. And so (laughs) if she was upset about a particular thing we did or didn't do, then we weren't going outside. We couldn't even go down to our grandmother's house. We wanted to go like it was, it felt super constricting um and but i also agreed with b and as far as parents and career okay can you talk about what that said and what you how you agree with it um parents well um i felt like my mother was emotionally absent because she put a lot of the responsibility on her partner to do the raising of my sister and I. I mean, she, they both went to work, but as far as that, that mothering role, it was more so her partner. And I felt like she did kind of the bare minimum Mm-hmm. as far I mean she it's not that she wasn't she was completely unloving because she had her moments when she was um but I definitely needed more from her on that end especially when I was really little um father he was very absent out of the picture <laughs> willfully so um like I said we grew up in the same household so the how like as far as stability we grew up in the same house our whole life, lived on the same street and he knew where we were, but he just never came. So, mm-hmm. um, when I was young, I had a lot of grace for it. And I was like, Oh, well, I still love him and blah, blah, blah. And then as I got older, I was like, I just became indifferent. Like, I don't love him. I don't I hate him. I'm just, he's nothing because like, I don't have a single memory with the man. <laughs> but then he came around when we were older wanting to be like oh my baby girl and everything I'm like who are you <laughs> like I'm not your baby girl <laughs> and these are not your grandbabies these are children that I had that have no clue who you are and I don't know who you are either so and I didn't I didn't feel that way to be mean or anything it just is what it is um but yes so absent father emotionally absent mother um career I felt a lot like I floated um for a long time. Um, I was a stay at home mom when I was married and coming out of that, I was like trying to find my identity. Like, well, who am I in this world? I'm no longer his wife and I'm more than just their mother. So what am I supposed to do? What, like, you know, um, so yeah. Okay. All right. Was that helpful at all? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was helpful to me. And I think it kind of reinforced some things. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Um, I guess we'll find out if that... Well, she said kind of a mix of the two, so a little mm-hmm. from A and a little from mm-hmm. B. It, it seemed uh, like it was mostly in line with the one that we felt. Which is, would that have been the top or the bottom, A or B? I think the bottom. I think B. But just her listing off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Based on what she said. She said she related to the absent disconnection with parents, and she also related to the career being unfamiliar territory. Um, not so much the instability with the home life, but, you know, more like the controlling aspect, which would have been, I think, it. I, Cameron, I flipped them around, so don't worry about it if you're wondering. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, no, okay. I, 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 okay. I, 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 yeah. I okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, All right. anyway, all right, we're good. We're good, everybody. And it's that magical moment where we find out if the birth chart that the astrologers are have picked to match Renee, now that we know Renee much better than we did an hour ago, her mm-hmm. personality, her life story, just herself in general should come out through these charts or through one. And mm-hmm. Sarah, do you want to find out if it's the chart that you guys chose? <laughs> yeah, gosh, this always gives me anxiety, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Renee, uh, we would like to know. We had just so you know, we had a choice between a Leo and a Scorpio, but we feel like you are the Leo. Are you a Leo? I am a Leo. Whoop! all right right. there we go smiling faces (laughs) you got it my heart's still racing but oh good (laughs) (laughs) gotta build up the drama yes well all right We'll still do a little debrief after this where the astrologers will kind of get to talk about what led them in that direction, talk through the other chart and what might have brought people in that direction. Renee, are you able to stick around for a little bit longer? And we're going to do a a secondary show after this. And for listeners. All right. Listeners, that's going to be available on Patreon. And for the real astrology nuts that want to get into the nuts and bolts of the uh, (laughs) of the charts, but for the topical listener like myself, I might've just listened to this and thought, okay, they got it. I am moving on to the next podcast. Scott, don't downplay it. (laughs) You need to sell it. You need to upsell it. Um, Before we, before we wrap up, Cameron, can you just let people know where they can find you? Yeah, they can find me on my website at www.cadreamplanet.com. They can find me on Instagram at cadream6. I also have a specific medical astrology Instagram now at holistic health astrology. They can find me if they type in Cameron Allen Yoga Journal. I've written some articles for Yoga Journal. They can find me if they type in Cameron Allen Astrology on YouTube. A bunch of YouTube videos pop up and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that'll be it for right now. Yeah. So thanks for asking. Yeah. And awesome. Renee, are there as many places to find you <laughs> or any, any place um, you want to direct listeners to also? Um, 
like a cause. Gosh, I don't have any, like a it can, cause. Uh, it can be any, 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 this is your, your moment to say, Hey, go check this out. It may not be to follow you anywhere. Um, but our, our thousands and thousands of listeners need some extra input on, on what they should check out. Uh, gosh, I can't really, I feel bad because I'm not one of those guests who are like, Oh, you should go here and click on this link. And this is I'm like, <laughs> because my, my tastes are so singular that I just stay mm-hmm. in my own little world. <laughs> I don't. It's, 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 it's very, it's a very, uh, acquired taste as far as the kind of things that I'm into. And so I don't really have a specific link to share about where to go. I'm so sorry. No, no. I, I think we're going to check out the Tudors and World War Two. Yeah. <laughs> and, World, um, whoa, whoa! I got an idea. World War Tudors. <laughs> oh my gosh! World War Tudor. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? The second. That's the second thing we're going to trademark in this episode. I think. <laughs> sorry. World War Tudor. <laughs> I tuned in for that. Like, what in the world happened here? Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know Netflix has really got your algorithm down. They're like, this is specifically made for Renee. Here. They're in here. <laughs> I feel like that would be great at an improv show. <laughs> they would have that would have ended the scene. Somebody yeah. would have run across the stage after that line. Done. Yeah. Can't top it. Every so. now and then I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in that case, we have to end the podcast on that. So that's it, everyone. Let us know what you thought by commenting on whatever platform you follow us on. Links to our accounts are in the show notes. If you like the show and want to support it, you can visit patreon.com slash Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss the next episode. Rate and review and tell your friends. And until next week, well, the week after that, until two weeks from now, this case is closed. (laughs) 